Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spoiler warning. This is your official spoiler warning. Uh, go to Netflix and watch uh, this show before you listen to us if you don't want spoils. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. This is a podcast where each week my mate Zach and I have a bit of a chat about something John Leguizamo's been up to in the last 45 years. Uh, sometimes we get sick of each other's company and we invite a friend along to join us. Um, and that's what we've done this week, which is really awesome. Uh, my name is Mish Wittrup and you might know me from a cheeky little web series uh, that came out last week. Uh, mm-hmm. It's my web series. It's called Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Uh, and let's be honest, you've already watched it and you're welcome. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my my talented friend, but not mm-hmm. like, but not at my level friend, uh, Zachary Wayne, who you might know from. You might know from I did a wonderful turn in the... Uh in internment, which is a very exciting uh, YouTube web series mm. from um, The Leftovers, a, a really cool uh, sketch group. You also might know me from Mission Zach's Leguizamo Rama, and I'm, I'm a playwright as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Nothing to be scoffed at, Zach. Not like your, at your, all. Your um, achievements are valid. You know what's crazy, Mish? Um, here we are. You're, you're talking positive. You're talking joyful. Um, you're, you're giving yourself the encouragement, um, you know, uh, but only when we pretend it's me. Mish, you're allowed to say that you're, you're a success. You're allowed to say that you're a star. We don't need the self-deprecation anymore because... It's hard, it's hard not to believe that I'm a star when I have a Netflix series. You know what I mean? Yes, Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, this week we are joined by our very, very good friend. She is the funniest human being on the planet. So talented. She's a comedian. She's a singer. She's a writer. She's an actor. She does it all and she does it so well. And she is our friend Michelle Brazier. Hello, I'm a singer mm, and an actor and a writer mm. and a lover mm. and a dreamer and I love you guys and I love myself. That's so good, a little welcome. Cup of tea. And uh, so I, now I've binged the whole thing. Um, we, we did... Uh, I. I w- We've pre-recorded this. We we recorded this two weeks ago, but I imagine on the eleventh I binged the whole thing. Good to see you did do a little cameo in Mish Witchup's big old house of fun. Um, yeah, which is Mish's uh, little side project to to mm-hmm. Mission Zach's leg was Amarama. Um, so you did a little cameo. Uh, flew over to America and did that. So you were great. You were so funny in it. Thank you. Thanks a so true, much. A true highlight of my uh, Netflix experience was having you there with me, Braz. 
Oh, it was fantastic to be there on on a Mish run set. I mean, it's you know she makes a safe space. I do. Um, she makes it a great place to work, and um, I honestly couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else. Oh, oh thank you beautiful. so much. No worries. Thank you so much. Wow. You're welcome. Um, I've, I'll just say this right now. It's been a very big week for mm. everyone involved in my Netflix series. Yeah. Um, and chances are, of Zach and me, uh, Zach and I, I should say. Um, you should. I wasn't going to say I'm, anything, but. I was so mad when you said Zach and me instead I was of Zach mad and I. Too. I was mad. <laughs> I was mad at myself. I'm so sorry. Um, the reason I did that is because I'm exhausted. Because uh, out of Zach Ruane and Mish Wittrup, uh, after the week that's been, Mish Wittrup is most likely incredibly tired. <laughs> No, that's that's absolutely true, um, Mish. Uh, you would be very tired right now, uh, I imagine. I'm not. I'm feeling fresh. Uh, I haven't mm. done um, five interviews today before this yeah. podcast <laughs> um, uh, where I've repeated the same story about going to acting school uh, and, 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 you know, playing the funny parts. We, we found that we were playing the funny parts and we thought, well, heck, why don't we do this thing full time? Um, and then we uh, won this little award at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and, and it all went from there. Yes. Yeah, so, so what was your next question? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that sounds so painful. No, I love it. I think it sounds great because I love attention. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about myself. It was literally, it's so funny, not that it was me. I'm I'm just imagining what your day was like, Mish. um, No, no, I I feel like five interviews a day would be like foreplay for Braz. Yeah. (laughs) Getting and squeezing in five interviews in a day. I love it. Yeah, that gets Braz randy. All I need is to be told that I'm good. That's it. That's the whole thing. Isn't it funny that it doesn't matter if a podcast is funny, it doesn't matter if a podcast is serious, it doesn't matter if it's edited or if it's loose. The one, like, and it doesn't matter if it's a podcast or a play or a film, the one, like, um, like combining factor in all art is that it was created by narcissists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. We're all just like, I want your attention and I'll find an excuse to get it. Like, Exactly. Yeah. That's the 100%. whole thing. I remember the first time I was on stage, which is very fitting considering what we're talking about today. Ooh. Ooh there's a little um, hint the first time if you I was on stage. the title of this podcast. <laughs> uh, I was in uh, year six. Mm-hmm. And I was in a musical called The Ragged Child, which is absolutely not appropriate for primary school kids. No, it sounds kids. awful. It, it was about cholera and um, <laughs> there, was, there, was a, there was a sex worker in it. No. And I played a drunk widow. So I played a 60-year-old woman whose husband had died and she'd hit the bottle really hard and she was really drunk. That's okay, so I just funny. want to clarify that I'm picturing you in Annie singing <laughs> little girls, little girls everywhere. I turn, like that's you in my I head in a cholera be, musical. I wanted to be Miss Hannigan so badly, mm. but I cannot sing. Uh. But, yeah, so disappointing. But no. Well, you sang in The Ragged Child, surely. I did, but I did sing. But because she was drunk, I could be like, and it was fine because I was drunk. Anyway, I remember after doing it, like after the first opening night or whatever, I did my bow and I got a solo bow because I was a lead, whatever. It was pretty cool. I love a solo bow. everyone clapped and cheered for me and I just went, at that age, I was 12 probably, I just went, mm. oh, I want that forever. Yes, this, please. 
I want this, that please. for always. That just all my friends' mums standing up, just being like, "She's fabulous." I was like, "Well, fuck, I'm fucked now." I oh, broke yeah. the. I broke a chain of nurses in my family. Like, they've all been nurses, and I went, "No, no, I want." middle-aged Ivanhoe mummies <laughs> to clap for me mm-hmm. and stop me down the street to tell me what a wonderful job I did in my primary school play. That's that's the that's the move right there. You know what's up. You know how to yeah. do it. It's very that's funny right. that you got a round of applause for um, playing drunk because I think I've talked about this on this podcast, but I, I feel like... Um, I, I I don't think of my I don't think very highly of myself as an actor. I don't think it's like my number one strength. I think I've got no, other strengths. babe. You're great. You're so thank good. You. You're such a good actor. I saw you in Nicholas Nickleby. Oh, we saw you, you so in Nicholas Nickleby. You were great. You know what? I, what I would say is um, there's a whole journey I can go down of me saying I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, and I'm not I'm not putting myself down here. I'm just I'm knowing myself, and that's very important. Um, mm. But what I will say one thing I know about myself um, with confidence is that I, I, I cannot play drunk. I can not. I think it's the hardest challenge for an actor and it is something I can not do. I've done it. Mm. You can find me playing drunk in like some big opportunities in my career and then you can find the six-month to two-year gap in my IMDb after every time I play drunk. <laughs> it is so hard. It is so hard because the, the, the drunk person is wobbly and is like is drunk, right? That's the number one thing. The number two thing that the drunk person does is do everything in their power to not be drunk to not mm. appear drunk. It's all about this like double thing of like someone who can't walk but is trying very, very hard to convince you they can walk and that does not commute for Zachary Wayne. Have you yeah. read the uh, Ivana Chubbuck book on, on this, on, 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 on one's uh, experiences? Is that no. a thing? Yeah, it's, a, it's an acting book. Is uh, it a book on like, how to be a drunk and, actor? Well, there's like, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, it, it has stuff about this and like it, what to do if you if your character ha- is on a certain drug that you've never done and like mm. things like that. But yeah, she, it is all about like not being drunk. But I think playing drunk is easy because I actually think that the number one thing is don't appear drunk. And as soon as you try not to appear drunk, then you do appear drunk, even if you That's you don't have that first layer of like bit wobbly, bit funny. If you're mm. focusing on moving like a normal person, you don't move normal. And that's just some philosophy on acting. But I am an actor. Do you know what I watched the other day? Because this is, this is uh, we're recording this in the middle of, um, uh, in the middle of, we don't know what the world is going to look like in two weeks time. Uh, we don't know what the, um, the nation where I, um, I didn't film. Mish filmed Mish Whitrup's uh, big old house of fun. There's That's a right, lot. Don't of, you forget it. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uh, negativity. There's a lot of uh, worry that core institutions that that um, that that we've held to our entire life and core concepts um, are at risk right now. Um, mm. So last night. Uh, me and my partner did what we had to do for our mental health and we watched Bad Neighbours starring Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Yeah, um, yes. <laughs> Just was like, we need to watch something so easy and so funny. Mm. And um, 
they, they, I will say right now, they do some fantastic drunk acting in that film. That's a film you don't think of much if you haven't seen it in the last three days. Mm. But like, I do. Rose Byrne, like, <laughs> kills it. <laughs> think about it all the time. I love a Judd Apatow style romp. Those are my mm. favourite films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I feel you. That, that like, uh, structurally a drama, but... Um, uh, tonally a comedy. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Have you ever seen Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges? No. Okay. No. That is down? that is, in my opinion, the best drunk acting I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was Jeff right. Bridges in Crazy Heart. It is crazy accurate. How many times do you reckon Bradley Cooper, um, who I'm maybe t- – how many times do you reckon Bradley Cooper watched Crazy Heart before he made um, Tell Me Something, girl? A Star Is Born. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, happy in this morning. <laughs> it's a very good <laughs> I'm sorry, I really want to do the whole song. Do that, do that. Uh, do that bit. Oh, what is it again? I, I, uh, I pulled it up. Uh, oh, yeah, it's all in. It's all in. It's the uncertainty to Gaga, like it's the emotional journey. Yeah, I love that. I can see that was sitting in your bones, and it was really important to give you an opportunity. Oh, but I had to get. But I also, what's the, what's the? uh, There's the other one. Oh, no, that is the song. There's no other song in that. Is there another? No, there's that one that's like um, at the end. I'll never love again. Oh, I'll never love again. That one. It's at the end. I'm a bit- I've never seen this film. Haven't oh, you seen really? The Star as well? It's I've very. I've um, never seen it. I told. I yelled at everyone. I, I yelled at everyone well, to watch it. I was like, it's going to be amazing. I love you, Gaga. If you wait like 10 years, they'll do another remake and you could be in it. I could be in it. Do you know this? This <laughs> is really interesting, right? Before this version, because it's now just become a thing. It's like it's every twenty years. There's a Star Is Born. It kind of is like Hamlet or anything else. Is just a mm. version of this story. Mm. There was a version, uh, I think, kind of cooking before this one that was Clint Eastwood directed and starring Will Smith and Beyonce. Really? Oh, wow. Wouldn't that have been an interesting one? I think Absolutely. a really good one. Fuck, that would have been great. Do you know yeah. that for a while um, there was a moment, I think in the early noughties, mm-hmm. where they were going to do a remake of Dirty Dancing starring Jennifer Lopez? No. I would have loved that. I loved Jennifer yeah. Lopez growing up. I loved Jennifer Lopez. She was yeah. so good. She is we're, so good. We are both named Michelle. Mm-hmm. We are both vegan. We both live on the same street. Mm. We are both blonde. Mm-hmm. We are both enjoy the comedy. Mm-hmm. What we don't share is a love for the concept of that film. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I think she's done it. That film, Jennifer Lopez playing baby in Dirty Dancing sounds like a fucking dumpster fire. Talking about how she's Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. She's the best. She's the best she, woman in the world. Too, what are you talking about? She's she's like too good. There's no like reveal there. 
Like, that's about a girl coming out of her shell. Like, the what are you moment- talking about? Nicole Kidman wore a fake nose for the hours. All kinds of things but can happen. She can know, play. No, she, 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 like, leaks star quality. The moment, the idea of, of Jennifer Lopez. She plays like, clumsy. She does yeah, a movie where clumsy, she plays clumsy. Sure, like- but just like, I'm shy. I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm shy. I don't want to dance with you. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, that's crazy. Do you, think, do you think maybe we should launch into the blurb about what we're here to fucking talk about? I would about? love to say that Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> I exclaimed about making it like clear to you guys that this is a fantastic segue to get into exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you chose to dump on her and her dirty no, dancing No, 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 no. To be very clear, unless it was a gender swap and she was playing the Patrick Swayze part. <gasps> okay, that would have been amazing. Then I'm that on board. Then that I'm here for cool. that. She was great in that uh, in uh, Hustlers as well. Jennifer, she was so good. Yeah, episodes. like that was a real moment for me of like, oh, she's great. Mm. So um, uh, this week we thought it, it would be a good idea because Mish, uh, you have a Netflix show out. Yes, let's um, say that as often as possible because if we say it enough, it'll come true. Okay. <laughs> Please, it's Netflix. It, it, it'll come true. They're, they're, they're looking for content. They just, they're, <laughs> um, they, they love to make shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to be like. If there's one thing they love to do, it's make shows. They love to make a show. I'm trying to be like, I don't know. Anyway, my point is um, I, I would hope that all of our listeners, because they're very hardcore, Mish, like, aren't. <laughs> Because they're Auntie Donna fans, they've probably already watched Auntie Donna's Big Old House Fun. If they haven't, it'd be great if they could watch it this weekend <laughs> at the very least. Um, and in celebration of Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which is my show, and we'll get back to the bit, um, we thought it'd be good to get on Michelle, who came to America and did a bit on it, and talk about a Netflix special. We'd do a bit of a tie-in, do some corporate synergy, get full Michael Eisner, the CEO of Disney, do a bit of corporate synergy between my two brands and talk about a Netflix special. Special. Anyway, back to it being Mish's show. Uh, I was struggling a little too much with the uh, with the bit, so um, that's okay. You'd, you'd think he was the one that did five interviews today. Yeah, you would think so. Men are like babies. They yeah, I don't know why with... you're acting like that. Have I? I've had have such I really a, lost I don't think you understand how big my year has been, Zach. I, I travelled to LA. <laughs> oh, I've snapped. I'm gone. I See filmed you. an entire. <laughs> All right, see you later. Bye-bye. Walks out of studio. Sex checked out. Onto the road. (laughs) Bye-bye. Anyway, I think it's an amazing idea to do something from Netflix because of the Netflix series that either Zach or I did. It's never going to be clear. And I've got a Netflix series too called (laughs) Michelle Brazier's Big Old House of Mish Wittrip and Auntie Donna. And we, it's out now and you can watch it. And if you want to watch it, you can watch it. And if you don't want to watch it, you can watch John Leguizamo's tele-program, which is called... A Latin, a Latin history for morons. Okay, yes, we got... Yes! Very good job, Braz. Yes. Now, um, You're better at this than us. Now, Very what good. I would I'm say... I'm, God, I'm good. You're oh, okay. so good. <laughs> you're, so, you're so talented, babe. Thank God I can't dance. I'd be too intimidating to be friends with. <laughs> You'd be like a regular Jennifer Lopez. I'd be a regular Jennifer Lopez. I can't put Michelle as baby. Who would put her in a corner to start with? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I, I've been tasked with doing the blurb this week, um, but uh, I need to make it very clear here that um, 
um, Michelle Wittrup sent me a message on Slack. We're on Slack because we're basically a tech startup. She sent me a message <laughs> saying, hey, hey uh, I'm sure you know, but I'm going to say it anyway. Just want to double check you've written the blurb. And I think I responded with, oh, no, and then nothing. <laughs> yeah. She, I wrote... I wrote, it's your turn to do the blurb, just a reminder, because any of you avid fans out there, you might have noticed that we take turns, right? We take turns. That's a and little... And it was like, okay, little... Zach, it's your turn. And then there was like a 30-second delay. He started writing something, deleted it, and then I just got one that said, oh, no. <laughs> no, it didn't. It said, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lucky for you, listener, Netflix has little blurbs so you can copy-paste them. Comic and actor John Leguizamo examines the repression of Hispanic culture through American history in his Netflix special, Latin History for Morons, a filmed recording of his latest hit Broadway one-man show. Who does John Leguizamo play? John Leguizamo. Yes, that's right. We are seeing John Leguizamo as John Leguizamo. A beautiful moment in Leguizamo history. Shining. It's, it's very, it's one of those things, isn't it, where like, uh, you know, linearly in his career, if you are the same age as John Leguizamo and have been following him from the start, you have seen the one man shows and you've seen John Leguizamo as John Leguizamo. Um, but in this journey, in the Leguizamo-rama project, this is the first time you are seeing, uh, or and, and this is very easy, it's available to so many people around the world, watch this special, you can watch it, uh, so watch it before you listen to this. But this is the first time on this journey where we're seeing John Leguizamo. It's also the first time we're, the first, uh, time we're seeing one of his uh, specials, his one-man shows, which, which he has filmed a lot of them. Uh, uh, Spike Lee did one in the early 90s, a HBO special, which I'm very, very excited to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point where I was going to watch them linearly, but then this Netflix piece of corporate synergy came along, so we thought we'd watch Beautiful. that. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really exciting to see something from his perspective, written by, starring. It's, it's his piece, you know. It's cool to see mm. that. And that kind of runs throughout the whole thing, really. Like you can tell how much it means to him. You can tell how important this show was for him to write and how fucking cool it was that a show like this by him got such a big platform, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we said yeah you at guys, the same time. Are you guys on board? Yeah, I, I yes. love that. That's great. That's a great point you've made there, uh, Mish Wittra. Thanks Michelle, so you uh, make one-woman shows or one-person shows. Can I call it a one-man show? I don't see gender. You make one-man shows. <laughs> I um, do. Uh, one-woman show sounds like it's a, it's a cabaret about, about pregnancy, whereas a one-man yeah. show just sounds like, oh, Edinburgh Fringe, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really different. It's a one-woman show. I can't get out of bed. It's just a different a one. You know? A one-woman show would be written by somebody who has the fan page for Carolyn O'Connor. Yeah. That, that's the person who writes a one-woman show. Oh, that's so funny. That's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever said. Carolyn O'Connor reference here in this moment when we're talking about a Netflix international special is just my favourite thing you've well, ever and done. Well, and you best believe she'll come back up again for Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. She's in it. I forgot yeah. she was in Moulin Rouge. She's in it. If we're going to talk about one-man shows, 
fucking queen of one-man shows is Carolyn O'Connor. Um, you need to explain who Carolyn O'Connor is to our listeners. I'm, I'm, yeah, sh- I'm not one to, to call out a niche reference. Sure. <laughs> Carolyn O'Connor is an Australian actress, and it's very rare that this happens, but she kind of sort of got her name from a theatre, mm-hmm. which never really happens because theatre doesn't pay and no one goes to see it. Mm-hmm. So it's very odd that Carolyn O'Connor would. But what Carolyn O'Connor did, from my memory anyway, mm. like why I know about Carolyn mm-hmm. O'Connor, is there is a play that anyone who studies year nine or year ten drama would have somehow gotten their hands on called Bombshells, yes. which is a series of six monologues of different women doing different shit. Like one is at a wedding, one is at a cactus convention. That's not a lie. Um, there's a woman who is a very Liza Minnelli-esque. There's another one who's dressing up as a cat for a show, that kind of shit. And Carolyn O'Connor was the original in this play that was written by who? Uh, Joanna Murray Smith. Mm. Oh, my God, it's all coming back to me now. I'm in okay, year 10 again. Just, no one will kiss me. Joanna Murray <laughs> Smith, just for those who uh, didn't understand that reference, Joanna Murray Smith is an Australian playwright, kind of like a Tennessee Williams, much smaller, much different, more an Australian and a woman and a little bit different, but she is a playwright, which is similar to Tennessee Williams. Please continue with Carolyn O'Connor. Thank you so much. Um, and Carolyn O'Connor was the original woman who played these six roles in this one play and it it went off and it was amazing and I think it was really massive especially for like VCE students and drama students in Melbourne, Sydney at Tuart I'm sure and then she did a series of other one woman shows at well, I'm from Melbourne so at the MTC and they always sold out and she was huge and then showed up in Moulin Rouge as the woman who does the sexy tango with the man with the moustache there is nothing better than, uh, like, there is no greater thrill than watching a movie and realising as you're watching it that it was filmed in Australia um, mm. because people from Melbourne Theatre Company and people from Blue Healers are popping up next to Ewan McGregor are going, say, what are you doing here, Ewan McGregor? There's yeah. like a point <laughs> yeah. in Wolverine where um, Asher Keddy is like the doctor that's like, I'm going to put claws in him. <laughs> like, yeah, and in The Matrix. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In the Matrix, where there's like um, Ada, I, I'm not sure what her name is, but the the woman from uh, I want to say Home and Away. Home and Away. Like, yeah. Hello, oh. I'm a goth, and I was like, you're from neighbours. There's a, there's a, there's a, one, of, one of my favourites is I was watching uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, which is a Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Produced film that was filmed in Melbourne, and the reason I realised that was Gary McDonald's in it, and I'm just like, oh. that's fucking Gary McDonald. Like, how am <laughs> yeah. I ever going to watch this big Hollywood movie starring Katie Holmes and get past <laughs> the fact that Gary McDonald is in this movie? That's so funny. <laughs> um, but no Australians in this show. Just Leguizamo. It's a one man show. Uh, <laughs> back on. <laughs> track. Uh, Michelle, uh, you have done one-man shows, as we said. Um, yes. What was it like? What, 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 tell, us, uh, tell us about that experience. If, if, if you were to ever film one for a Netflix special, um, just, yeah, I'd love to hear from your uh, life experience as a one-man show-a-thon person. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I mean, I, I have done um, one-man shows and I've also done a lot of, uh, you know, working with, working with others. So it's a really interesting and different 
place to come from. But I think it's really nice because you really do have to trust your audience mm. because live theatre is kind of this exchange of energy and I think that if you have someone on stage with you, then then that that's already three different sources of energy because you have your audience. But if it's just you, you rely on them for the tennis match and that's a really nice um, intimate kind of trust that you build. I really like that. And I also, I mean, I'm a character actor so I like to put on different hats and and do funny things, and I really—that's what I really like about this special. Is it's, uh, I say, we keep saying special, but I, I would uh, would just call it a one man show. I think special is possibly a misnomer because people would expect it to be stand up comedy. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people would. Yeah, I, I think watch this thinking it's a stand up show, and I think it probably would throw them. It would take them a while to commute with actually what it is. Like there's, it's funny and there's jokes, but the jokes are there more to service the play. But that that's mm. the other thing I think that's really interesting, like doing, because we all come from live live stuff, we all come from theatre and we all do like a bit of theatre, a bit of comedy, and there's something that I really love about it that's um, he he doesn't sort of talk talk to the lang- in the language of theatre. He talks, you know, he talks to his audience in a really direct way and he, he, he talks of his real experience he, and he acknowledges people in the audience kind of in a bit of a stand-up way and it gives there's a certain informality to the show which I really like. It's a cabaret. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's a very cabaret-style performance with no music. That's kind of what it is. And, I mean, you could potentially argue because there is a little bit of dance. I mean, you, you could actually probably potentially argue that, yes, it is a bit of a cabaret. And I imagine um, there are bits that were probably cut out of it from what we saw or there would have been nights where it was more of a cabaret. But it is that um, the breaking down of the fourth wall that, uh, you know, the, the audience is there with you and, and you're, you're together that makes it that kind of energy. And I think that's the best kind of stuff. I don't... I don't um, I, I, I don't ever think there's anything that you lose from including them and acknowledging them. I think it's really fun. Well, what's the mm. point of doing theatre? I, I mean, this is a wanko. Like, I remember I had someone say to me once, they were like, um, they came and saw an Arnie Donner show and they were like, Arnie Donner's my sketch troupe. Um, and they came to my show <laughs> and they were like, um, oh, man, they were a theatre director. They were like, uh, they're like, oh, man, there's such a vibrant, you have such a vibrant audience and they're so engaged and you connect with them and you, like, talk to them and you drop out of the script and you engage with them. And, and it's just like, I just wish, I wish I could see theatre like that. I just want to go see theatre like that. And I was like, mm. well, you just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're going to define uh, theatre a certain way, like, yeah. you're never going to see it like that because it's like, um, yeah, and it's, yeah, I think there's something to that. And and it's interesting as well. Like, uh, I think there's a great point he makes in the show about, about, um you know, I'm I'm talking comedy, but you know, there's this, just this, uh, what happens, what clearly happens with minorities and and um, uh, people without the lived like with a different lived experience. To me, I thought there was a really profound moment where he talks about, um, you know, when when white people or Europeans make art, it's called fine art, and and. Mm-hmm. And and Latin art or Latinx art is called folk art, and mm. I thought that was just a really fascinating thing. That like, it's 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 inter- I don't know. There was something about the show that it was very evocative. I've just jumped straight into the deep end. Well, there. I think I think from like 
the way I saw it was that I knew nothing about what he was talking about. Mm. Now, I didn't grow up in America, obviously, but the fact that they know nothing <laughs> um, is, very, is very telling in itself. But I knew nothing about what he was saying and I found it incredibly informative and very disturbing um, and there's obviously, like, without going into it in too much detail, because I don't think I'm the right person to be doing that, but um, it's very similar, like, within our country, the education around where we came from and where this country came from is just not there. We haven't quite reached that point yet. And it was very interesting to hear from somebody who has lived that experience and how it is for him. Did that make sense? That was very poorly worded. No, no, I think that was fine, finely worded. Oh, thank and you, I, thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's hard because you, you're surprised, and and also it is. It's, it's hard. We're, we're Australian, and we have this history of uh, the erasure of our indigenous culture. And and for me, someone with um, you know, this Spanish side of my family, I have that side of uh, of mm. the kind of erasure that I and I learned about it from watching it too. The erasure from history mm-hmm. of the indigenous people, and I think it's always hard to talk about. So, so yeah. it's, it's okay if um, if you can't put words together because it's it's uncomfortable. But you know that's why this is so such a beautiful piece because the way that he leans into uh, the colloquialisms and and, and um, he you know he flits in in and out of Spanish and it's it's for so many different people. Mm. Um, I think he he really opens up the door and is like, let's talk about this. It's not, you know, even even though he has a chalkboard and he's dressed as a teacher, it's not a lecture. It it is. It's a it's an invitation. It's a yeah. It's a celebration of all of this information that he's found as an adult, and mm. I think that's what's gorgeous about it. Is is it's not somebody standing up and being like, oh well, just so you know, actually there's him and um they were here before. <laughs> yeah, like it's him just being like, look at this. this like just really and he there's un pc stuff you know he he impersonates a, a deaf person that in his family and we all go ah i don't know if that's oh, okay but it's like he's he's appealing mm. to a broad audience and he's just storytelling and, and i mm. think it's the way he speaks about this is so accessible and i think that the element of it was never something that he necessarily wanted to touch into until his son was affected like until his son came to him and said i can't think of any latin heroes that set John Leguizamo off on this path to figure out where his family came from, where the country came from and the history of that. And it was just a really interesting angle to see that how he came to that and how he came to want to know more about this. And it came as an adult. There's there's, um, something I find really interesting. One thing that, like, uh, people have done... Uh, this this really evoked for me. There's been this sort of logic or this idea that like has permeated in in certain circles and certain political parties. This idea that history is a science, um, that history yeah. mm. is a uh, is a concrete thing, um, that it's not a narrative. It's not. Mm. Um, it's not an art. It's not a narrative, and it's not a stories that people choose to tell. Um, mm. I think if you look at Australian history and the sort of Australian history, I mean, I grew up learning um, the history that that I was being taught with the best of intentions when my brain was forming. The the Australian history I was taught was one where they chose a narrative not based on the land, 
They chose a narrative not based on on the people that came in. They they chose a narrative that I don't know who, <laughs> um, but people chose a narrative. I, did, I chose it. I chose it. <laughs> oh, no. so, I am honestly no. so sorry. You're that a was a mistake, Braz. You made a mistake. <laughs> it was it, honestly like the worst mistake of my life. Why I'm did so you sorry. do that? Sure. I don't know. I thought it would be like funny to just like fuck with you guys, but like obviously I've done a lot of damage. I'm really sorry. <laughs> there's this there's this point that um. Uh, what's uh, smart man from QI? Smart man, Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. Fry. He has this bit where he talks about family names and how family names are really interesting because family trees are this really, really complex web where you go back and you like. Um, you know, you have two parents, then you have four grandparents, and then you have eight great grandparents. There are so many different stories. There are so many different um, uh, families and lives and and circumstances that have led to you. Yet mm. we choose because of our last name. We choose to take pride in, and we choose to engage in one single line through that very complex web. Um, mm. And that's a really great, I think, example of how you can choose a history. History doesn't happen in a narrative. It it doesn't happen in a straight line. So when you say, you know, convicts over in in England then came to us, when you start the story in England. That's that. But that then you are saying you're telling a story that erases first people, you're telling a story that erases migrants. The Australian story could could just as well start in Italy in nineteen fifty or it yeah. could just as well start in in uh, this land in like, you know, <laughs> this land two thousand years ago. Um, yeah. but we choose to start it in England. It's very years interesting. Ago. I remember in I was in I was living in Tassie, so I would have been in grade one or grade two, and we, my year level uh, had to learn a song for assembly, and it was this song about how Australia is a baby country. We're brand new. We're so young, and I was taught my entire life at school that Australia was a young country, that we only started a few hundred years ago. And if you go to the UK, you'll see castles that are like hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of years old. Oh, isn't that amazing? And that Australia is this really, really young country. And it wasn't until I was like properly into my late 20s that I was like, I I thought about that. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, we're not. <laughs> like, no, we're not. You have chosen to start the story there and you are choosing to teach kids that this is where our country came from. When we have this very deep history that I had zero education on, zero, my entire time. And I went to, we've touched on this, a very, very pretty private school (laughs) who had the resources to pay for people to come and tell us our proper history. But they just didn't. It was just not something that was done. There was uh, like we'd been we'd been told stories about the dream time, but they were that they were stories, and the history that we were given was this: one day a convict was born. That is what it felt like, and um, yeah, I, I it seems like surprise, surprise, America isn't much different. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, it is. It is very interesting. I mean, I went to uh, public school in um, the regional New South Wales, so uh, my experience was a little bit different because we had like 
lots of Indigenous kids at school. Um, but it was kind of like you could fe- you could feel the tension at the time. Like, and you, mm. like listening to the the story that John tells about himself sitting at school and, and being like, why don't you ever talk about us to his teacher? Mm. Like, I watched that. I watched kids be like, hang on. Oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, that's not what I've heard. And teachers just be like, don't. With that. Don't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> oh, we don't want to talk about that. That's politics. And it's like, it's not, fun. it's not politics. It's stories. It's lives. And obviously, I mean, we're three left-wing people in a little beautiful bubble. Uh, but And we could talk about it all day. Um, but but it's, it is about what it costs a mm. child uh, it, it, when, you, when your education erases you and erases your story. And so mm. watching John Leguizamo talk about himself and then talk about his son is was beautiful but then at the same time even he mentions it he meant he gets to a point where he says um that his son says to him or no his daughter says to him that he's erased uh the female story like we don't hear about women in Mm. latin america and Mm. you don't he doesn't really Mm. talk about them in the story he mentions that he hasn't spoken about them but then he doesn't really bring them up and he doesn't talk about his daughter as much as he talks about his son so there's always going to be stories that are um that are not told it's just about finding finding space to tell them finding ways to tell them and of course like this story would be too crowded if it was about everyone and trying to be all inclusive but that's a, the beauty of it it's very specific it is very um kind of war based mm. uh, but it's also about family and and I think it's really it's a really small story even though it feels like it spans that, you know a lot of years of history but it, it is such a small story and it's such a personal story and I think that that's mm. probably the way that things uh, really really come into your bones that's the way that stories start to be real is yeah. if they're small and personal so it is very it is very very interesting to watch this show and watch his experience and and especially with his insane skills as a character actor just doing yeah. so many silly voices it's like he's a year 12 uh graduate <laughs> trying to get into drama school being like and now i've got this hat on and i'm doing a little musical ball and then he's like oh and i can do this voice too and like dancing it's just like okay settle down but also like fuck yeah let's do it like it's very it is very um it was like a final fresh. monologue for top acts Exactly. Yes. Yes. Like, try, yeah, trying to get your good year 12 score or it's very funny or, you know, a graduation from acting school. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I will um, say, we, um, as we've been making this podcast, I think this is going to be episode 18 or 19. Oh, wow. Um, we've watched heaps we of learnt- John Leguizamo movies. <laughs> so much. You have, we, dude, we have 130 to go. <laughs> um, uh, we've already learnt that the legs, the legs man is an amazing voice actor because he's, he's Sid, for Christ's sake. Mm. He's he Sid, Sid from Ice Age. Um, if you want to delve deep into the deliciousness that is John Leguizamo's voice acting, this is a very, very, very good piece for you to watch. He does a lot, a lot of different characters. My personal favourite was his therapist. 
I yeah, did enjoy it. I loved the therapist was really too. good. Yeah. He John, catches. John, 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 and, and how, 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 how do you feel about this? How do you this? feel? He captures an LA high profile therapist for celebrities so perfectly. It I know, was I've very, got one. Wow. Yeah, same, that's why I know. Um, and he does that very, very well. It's that, um, that gag that I particularly love that he does. It's, uh, you know, spoiler alert. But there's that. There's a particular gag. I, 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 it really, really tickled me because, um, I, you know, I, I go to therapy, I go to a psychologist and there's something so funny to his like, no, John, we have to dig deeper. Oh, that's time. It's like, it's yeah, such he's a- like we have to do it now, John. <laughs> it has to be now. Otherwise you will never, ever. It- oh, what's the time? <laughs> it's really, really, really funny. There's another really fucking cracker joke. Oh, I did want to point out as well that Tim thought, my partner Tim, kept saying Latin history for Mark Marin just <laughs> accidentally that's the funniest and thing. that was why, very funny why did to he me. do that I don't know how it happened but he just kept being like are we watching Latin history for Mark Marin and I was like what and he's like the leg was armo and I was that's like what so the permissions act and I was like do you know that's do you know what you've funny. done that's yeah, he's a good so boy. funny. That's that it's, is very it's, funny. It just happened. It's, it's very, very true. It's very true. I think though that the, this idea that like it's just one story, it's just one small story. I think mm-hmm. like I try to take away because I think it is a show largely for Latinx American people. Like the show, the audience for that show is not me. And I think I can say that without, you know, I think sometimes people like use that as an excuse for not liking a thing. They're like, I didn't care for get out because it wasn't for me. I'm like, shut up. You're racist. No, (laughs) (laughs) That's what I say about Lord of the Rings to be fair. I'm like, I don't see myself. I don't see anyone I want to fuck. I guess I like New Zealand. It's not for me. I don't know. But in a really true sense, like it's a bilingual show. Um, it, it 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 isn't for me, but it's all, th- but it is just very quickly. It is a really lovely reminder that not everything is for us. No, no, it's Do you great. know what I mean. We get everything. We get ninety nine percent of everything. As someone and, who I, gets everything and also got this, haha, sucked in. Yeah, <laughs> can I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Braz. <laughs> Um, this I one really was love, for you. I really love that you're lumping me in the weave. Like I, I get 99.9 percent of things. I, I, Joker was for me and me alone, um, and it got me. <laughs> <laughs> I am Joker. <laughs> that's okay. We we've gotten hustlers now. We're doing okay. We, that, that's going to set us for a good 25 years, I reckon. We got hustlers. You got hustlers. Um, and I got the other 25 uh, nominees for Oscar. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that's it. But we no, had no, bridesmaids, think... and then we waited a few years. <laughs> we got hustlers. We can be funny. Yeah. We also got Fleabag, but you guys decided to take that as well. We oh did, yeah. We didn't mm. take Fleabag. We just took her and made her right. Um, Made her write uh, Bond, who we are just Bond, holding desperately yeah. onto. Jesus, <laughs> no, yeah. it's about sexism now. That's <laughs> no, um, all right. I'm into. I'm into. You love know Bond. Me. I'm I love so excited movie. about the new Bond. Yeah. Um, I, I think. I think that the the thing I almost wanted to say was like I. I remember I. Um, I remember I had a very profound version of that experience when I saw um, Nanette. When I was going to say Nanette. Yeah. I was like, it's Nanette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, I, you can talk uh, from the opposite side of that with Nanette. But for me, 
there was this moment where I was like, this is not a show for me, but fucking hell, it's important for me to see this show. This mm. show is, is, is so, um, it's, it's more important for people to feel heard and seen, mm. but for someone, like I needed to understand what it felt like. And there was a moment in that show, uh, um, when I saw it live, I think it was great, the filmed version, but in that room where I felt the anger and I felt the pain um, and I d- wasn't even close to understanding it or knowing it, but I, I was like, I'll never get it. And mm. there were moments in this show I think that were the same and, and I think that it's like what can I take away from this and what can I take from this show to make it more positive? You know, I can just go, it wasn't for me, bye, but it's like the big thing I can do is say, well, my narratives, my stories, there are politicians, there are people, there are major print publications, Murdoch Press, John Howard, that are trying to tell me... <laughs> sign it, sign the petition. <laughs> ..that are trying to tell me that my story, my narrative is the concrete narrative. My mm. narrative is the way things are and everything else is an alternative. And the mm. one thing I needed to do as a white male is step away from this story and go, I've got a narrative. I've got a story, it's one of thousands. It's one of an infinite amount of stories we can tell. And, and, it, and, and what I need to do in myself and with, my, with, peop- with other people, other white people and other white men is, is, is break down this notion that our story is the story, that ours is the neutral because it's not, it's just one of. And that's something I think I got out of it and I hope uh, our listeners get out of it if they're not Latinx. Yeah. That was and, good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it, it was really, int- I, I sort of watched Tim have that experience that you're saying right now. Like I watched him watching it, learning it, enjoying it, but also looking at me and checking in on me and getting joy from my joy because I was learning stuff that I didn't know um, about, you know, my, my history and just being like, oh, well, that's this, you know, uh, just being filled with these stories and, and, and the pride that comes from that. I think there's something really powerful in, in other people watching watching that happen. You can see it in the audience. You can see Mm. there are audience members there um, that are just so proud of where they're from. You know, like, Mm. I don't know. It's, um, it is, it's such a challenge to the culture over there because it is so, so uh, deeply entrenched in, in uh, police powers, in all kinds of stuff. There's, it's hard to be Latinx, especially over there, like mm. where where they should be, where they're from, like where it should be okay, it's fucking awful. Um, so to see to see that joy and to see the people who it is for mm. watch that and recognize this is for me. Finally, something for me that isn't, mm. um, you know, just a sexy lady in hoop earrings or, or <laughs> you know, a um, a guy who repairs cars and deals drugs on the side, like. Mm. It's fantastic. It's so, so powerful. You could feel the love and appreciation that that audience had for John. And it wasn't just that they were laughing at his jokes because he did a couple of funny things or they went, ooh, when he said something that, like, what might have been a little bit jarring. There was a genuine, um, yeah, love and appreciation for what he was doing. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's a meaningful show, which is really good, which mm. is why it's so good that it's so accessible. Um yeah, I really liked the show, but it's it's also funny because it's like it did, at the same time it did feel kind of like really fresh, like it wasn't 
that run in and some of the jokes would have changed over time and I'm sure that they probably did. Mm. Um, but it was, it was really good and I love the, like, you know, taking your pants off behind the chalkboard and everyone can see the pants half of you. Like, that's funny stuff. Yeah. I like that clowny. It's and then getting nice. your pants to put them back on by opening up. From a drawer. From a drawer. When he put, he put his hand on that drawer and I was like, please be pants. And yeah. it was pants. I was like, yeah. That's <laughs> good comedy, that. Almost to, like, pull it out of the the, the, the series. Is this, I'm, I'm such a lover of, of uh, a show with a big, 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 big budget, but it's a one-man show. So, like, this mm. notion of, like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this notion of like it could be done as a black box production, yes. Um, but it had like literally someone would have sat down with him and said, "Listen, we're in a Broadway theater. We're charging a lot for tickets. We can have a rotating stage. We can have lamey's <laughs> style shit. Mm. What do you want?" And that balance of like, I want it to feel. Like I want it to feel, um, you know, small and intimate. But fuck, if you can get me another pair of pants in that drawer, that'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say this about it as well, like the way it was shot. Um, mm. So we've all done theatre. We all come from a bit of theatre, all that stuff. I, but it's my, it's my first love and my, my, yeah, my big love and first love and first passion was theatre. And a lot of people who... Um, a lot of people haven't seen a lot of theatre and they're like, they don't get it and they don't really see the appeal of it and they go they go to the movies every weekend but they don't come and see theatre. And it's that idea of not understanding what the big appeal is about theatre. I feel like the way this Netflix special was shot, um, you really get the essence of what is so amazing about live theatre, especially yeah. one, one-on-one, that kind of idea of a cabaret or a one-man show. Like it really does capture for me the the love and the, the vibe of live theatre. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real yeah. challenge. I, I, I love that moment in, let's Beyonce, another Netflix reference, Beyonce's um, the movie about, about the, 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 it's, the, it's the combination about of it's her tour? performance at Coachella plus the making of the performance of Coachella. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the name of the film is. But there's a point in it where, like, she's really, really mad and she's like, it, um, this feels amazing on stage. This feels amazing for an audience, but I want to capture that for the people watching the live stream on Twitter. Mm. And I think there's mm-hmm. a, like that's the thing. I like we uh, like. I think there'll be enough of these specials. There's so many of them that we mm. can like dig into them as we go. But there's there's I'm I'm fascinated by how a special is filmed. Oh, it's something so I've had. I have to question in my own work. It's like how. It is an extra layer and it is um, – it's, it's sort of trying to like – this is a film. This is a, its own piece of content. It is different from the live show he did on Broadway. It's a recording of that and how they film it and how they capture it is – makes it slightly different, I think, and there's sometimes yeah. – well, some, yeah, just little things like it's it's lighter in the theatre. You can see there's, like, light on the audience that wouldn't normally be there, things like that. Like, And also noticing, like, there are things that are filmed on different nights because mm. there are things on the chalkboard that have, you know, lowercase a's when there were capital a's there before, which Tim was noticing. Again, he's very good at continuity. I'm bad at it. <laughs> but I... Um, <laughs> uh, it, it is, it's really interesting because I'm looking... We're doing... Um, we have done... We did... Double Denim in the past, but today in the future. Um, we're doing uh, Double Denim, which is our third show, which is a show, a theatre show set 
in a live TV show and oh, now yeah. we're filming it. Mm. So it's this kind of um, two-step two process of, like, what do we film, how do we film it? Do we film it as if we're pretending we're in a TV studio or do we just take advantage of the fact that we actually are in a TV yeah. studio? It, really thinking about how how that audience receives it is really interesting. There's so much stuff like that, and that's it's been an incredible year for that, for how theatre is filmed and how things translate onto screen because uh, of lockdowns and, and coronavirus, and we've all had to kind of figure that mm. out. And I think I um I saw a, a film stand up bit that you did, and I watched it on Zoom. This was like right in the bang spack bang spack. <laughs> <laughs> He Uh-oh. touched me on the bang spack. <laughs> Not me right bang spack. You lay <laughs> right. off my bang spack, you naughty boy. All you do is keep looking at my bang spack. Have you got a problem? Have you got a problem with my bang spack? My bang spack's just fine. Anyway, um, right in the middle of lockdown. Um, and Adam Hills was hosting it. And this story is completely off topic. No, but I whatever. logged into the Zoom. Somehow ended up in a two-on-one chat... With Adam Hills? I remember that I was watching this backstage it was, and I was like, what's happened here? It was Lena Moon and I, and I don't know how it happened, but then the three of us, Mish Wittrup, me, Lena Moon, good friend, and Adam <laughs> Hills were just Zooming <laughs> together. I just thought I just wanted to say that. It's a bit it of a weird a, it's flex. It's a weird year. It's a weird year. It's a There's weird a year. Of- Think about it. We've got... We've got, you can't have a wedding with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We've got no nightclubs. We've got golf is off the cards. We've got Zooming with Adam Hills. It's a weird fucking year. It's a weird year. It's a crazy, Um, crazy time. mm -hmm. Um, On that note, how many leg was (laughs) (laughs) arms? Zach, you go first. Oh, my God. You've you've thrown, thrown me a curveball there. I was, I was, I was struggling. Leguizamo's, I mean, my question is this. Um, how can you give a one-man show written and starring, <laughs> written by and starring John Leguizamo any less than five Leguizamos? And my answer to that question is I don't know. That's why I asked you to go first. <laughs> um, I think I would like to go first. Oh, yes, Braz, please. I think he dances. Yeah. He does a thousand different characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got the set of Rent and he's got a chalkboard. Yes. Mm-hmm. All he plays himself yeah. and his entire family. Mm-hmm. This is a five leg Wazamo situation. Clap, 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 clap. I, 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 um, I, I, like, I mean, I, 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 my issue is less with the fact that. Uh, I don't want to get like I want like I liked this I like I love this special I thought it was really good I thought it was really funny my my struggle is how I can talk to why it go- I mean it just is a fight like it's like the, all of you these set specials, up the scale this you, is your fault oh, no I know I know <laughs> and usually the game is oh how do you do it like like last uh, no the week before last we had. Um, uh, Miami Vice and and it was and Vincent D'Onofrio was in it and we're like Love surely him. Vincent D'Onofrio is worth a couple of Leguizamos like what is what is the, <laughs> what is the Leguizamo score for someone who isn't Leguizamo but really does quench a large part of the Leguizamo thirst and 
Well, let's I make it. You could do that. I didn't know that was part of the the scoring system. Well, this and is then, my point, Michelle. Because the dog is worth five Leguizamos in John Wick, and we did John Wick. So, but that would be no. But hold on, you guys are fucking up the system. Are we? If the John Wick, if I was like, how many dogs do you give John Wick? He'd give it five dogs. Well, how many Vincent D'Onofrios do five you give Vin- Miami Vice? In Miami Vice, that was a five Vincent D'Onofrio. No, no, five yes, Vincent D'Onofrio is... Um, full metal jacket. Full metal jacket. Uh, although that's probably four and a half because he's only in the first hour. Um, yeah, but ma- it's so D'Onofrio. That's true. Maybe Thumbsucker because you get to see a different side of D'Onofrio. True. <laughs> um, um, my issue here is there's no thought process. I can't I can't get to five Leguizamos because it just is by virtue of what it is. All of his one-man shows will be five Leguizamos, surely. Maybe that's okay. Yeah, and I think that's okay. So, Zach, how many Leguizamos are you giving it? Oh, Mish, here it goes. Yeah. yeah. I give it five Leguizamos. Oh, my well, God. Okay, so we've got one Leguiz- one five. St- we've got Braz gave five Very Leguizamos. smoothly done. <laughs> Thank you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm fucked up so Tom, many if times you, this Tom, if you could in, Tom, if you could insert some sort of suspense building music here. Oh, poor Tom. And I'm so sorry, Tom, if um, this is pain in the ass. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm so Tom sorry. Also and also, to our listeners, also, to our listeners, I'm so sorry if we've forgotten to ask Tom to do this. And if, yeah. if there is no suspenseful music playing now, it's either I forgot Tom's in the middle of releasing a Netflix series. I've mm-hmm. got the piano here. Did you want me to? Yeah. If we can, will you be able to get it? Yeah. Hang on. Let's will it come see. through? Because that's on, so much see. better. Tom, be on pause, please. Tom, you don't have to do the music anymore. It's loud. Is it suspenseful or do you want like? What we need, like I'm going to guess here. In a I'm wood. Guess. It's a, it, you're in a wood Tense. in the mist. But, but be ready to go from minor to major. Is, are we yeah. going to say that? Can you bring the volume down a bit? Uh, and be ready. Are you able to flip this? Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you. Sorry, Tom, as you were. Okay. Right. We have Braz, who's given five Leguizamos. That's huge. Oh, my huge. God. Is We've had happen? Zach that has given five Leguizamos. This is also huge. Oh, well. Not since the days of Sesame Street has Zach given a five Leguizamo. Now, based on how leguizamo we this was. I, Mish Wittrup mm-hmm. of Mission Zach's Leguizamarama and Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. I am also giving five Leguizamos. <laughs> That's jaunty. That's jaunty now, because because that, that uh, means now yeah. Get ready, Tom. Get <laughs> ready means... here, Tom. Tom, we need we need you to get ready with the. Leguizamo theme tune. We open with it, but Tom, we really need you to drop this because yeah. what does that mean, Mish? Let's let's try and say this in unison. That means okay. we have our first Leguizamo Rama. Oh wow! Oh my god! Oh my god! This is massive. To all our little mission Zackies listening right now, congratulations! This is for you. This is for you. Our first ever. Leguizamo-rama. I don't know oh. if we set this 
up in a podcast, but we always knew in our hearts the first time that something was to get five uh, all, all uh, five Leguizamos across the board, that that would be declared the Leguizamorama. So congratulations to Latin History for Morons and every single one-man show he does, uh, he's done, <laughs> because you are the first official Leguizamorama. Oh, it's big. Um, I'd like to thank. Um, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Um, um, we've got we've got one pot pasta. We have uh, uh, Dr. Phil. Season we have one to make of- one pot pasta, by the way, on Yeah, we still Instagram. have to do we that. To I do still that. haven't yeah. done that. But yeah. you best believe that since the last time you were on, which was John Wick, we're still talking about one pot pasta. Okay, fantastic. We haven't stopped. Um, okay, I'm going to quickly read out a review that we've gotten. Um, thank you to everyone who jumps on to the podcast and leaves us a five-star review. I'm, I feel really sorry for this person. Stars. I'm so sorry. I just want to apologise in advance. Like, blah, you like you, usually you get your review read. It's a really exciting thing. But now you're just bringing the mood down because we were at a leg was Armorama, But we're going to do it for you and I'm gonna tr- we're going to try and keep the energy up for you. Um, now, this is actually a DM. This is someone who slipped into our little DMs, Zach. Okay. Okay. All now, right. if you guys remember a few episodes ago, we did a, a movie called Stealing Cars, which okay. was about stealing cars. Yeah. And um, so, uh, in that uh, movie, the character that isn't that famous actor that we all love, forgotten his name. John Leguizamo. Uh, no, no, no. The, uh, Taron Egerton. <laughs> Oh, yes, not, not Taryn Edgerton. Not Taryn Edgerton falls in love with the nurse who is kind of like the sick bay lady. Yeah. And I put it out to you guys. I was like, hey, if any of you have ever fallen in love with your sick bay lady, please hit us up. Also and fitting we- because uh, Michelle played a sick mm-hmm. bay lady in 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 uh, um, one of Auntie Donna's sketches and then and then a sports doctor in in its spiritual and literal sequel. Um, but you've played a sick bay lady, so I think this is a fitting time to um, reward mm. someone for slipping into our DMs rather than giving us five stars. Well, that's a very nice connection that you've made. And also, Braz, amazing. It was so funny. Haven't seen it yet because we're recording this a week in advance, but it's so funny. If you Thank as a listener you. haven't seen it yet, please just just chuck it on just Netflix, give it a play. See it. Just, you don't even need to watch it. Just, just, watch, just put it on. Press play. Mm. All right, uh, Mish, let's, All right, I'd love so to hear this DM. We got this uh, from someone named Finn, and I thought it was very funny. So this I wonder if it's my nephew, DMs. Finn. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Um, I won't give their last name because I didn't ask express permission to do this. That's great. So Good for you. Uh, we'll just we'll call him Tin. Okay. Um, we can uh, call my school sick. had enough money to afford a sick bay lady. I okay. did not have romantic feelings for her, but there were certainly rumours similar to that. I was 14 at school and got knocked unconscious by a 17-year-old because I called him an ugly ginger cunt. He was uglier on the inside. He hit me from behind behind afterwards, but that's neither here nor there. Afterwards, the sick bay lady attended to me and checked if I was breathing, which led to everyone claiming the sick bay lady pashed me fully on the mouth. Mm -hmm. People filmed it where it was very close. She put her ear near my mouth, which somehow everybody interpreted as a make-out sesh. All boys school. Really healthy and cool environment. You know, I, I think hate old boys' schools so much. It's a much. bit of a. It's I a bit of a. Hate them. I, 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 I'm getting more political. I'm so, I'm so deeply getting over like being vague in my politics. But I'm you very open in my, um, in my hatred of single gender schools um, yeah. because of shit. What? Like 
Jesus. Bryce, <laughs> um, Bryce, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast yet again. You are our favourite human being. Um, you Stop it. last. So when this podcast comes out, you last week yes. um, did a show. Tell us all yes. about it because it, because it's not over for everyone. Is it okay? We did a live watch? show. Yeah. It is available to watch. You yeah. can stream it. Uh, the You can find the link on my Instagram or if you Google SOS Presents, Stupid Old Studios Presents, Double Denim, a very fancy dinner party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can watch the video. It's our third show, but you don't need to have seen the first two. It's a little bit different um, because, you know, obviously the show has uh, changed and evolved in the in the last year or so. But if you have seen it before and you loved it, get your family to watch it. Um, it's really fun and I'm, I'm really excited that we're filming it. It's it's. I was rehearsing for it today. I I fucking love working with Laura. She's so funny. It's just us trying to make each other laugh and we succeed. It's a great time. What, Double what Denim is say. so funny. Double Denim is so, so, so funny. We yeah. sold out, The show sold out completely. Like it, there was yeah. no way you could get a ticket when it was out and we didn't do return season. So this is like a really, this is a good opportunity. And if you're around the world, you can watch it wherever. What yeah. I would say is if, you, if you're a listener um, and if you came to us because you're a fan of John Leguizamo, I, I can't help you. I mean, you, you clearly like one man shows and this is a two two-woman show, so it's close. Um, what I would say is... <laughs> two women equals one man. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say that. Fucking please Zach's don't, that's please don't quote me on that. Oh, no. Zach, I don't know about oh. you guys, but I heard Zach say, oh, two in the bush, one in the man. Oh, no, I've been cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, what I was going to say was a lot of people don't realise this. Um, a lot of people that maybe view us internationally or don't uh, watch... Um, a lot of um, uh, live comedy beyond uh, Auntie Donna. If you have come to us because you're a fan of Auntie Donna, uh, what I would say is Auntie Donna is of a genre. Um, Auntie Donna is of a school of of comedy. Um, we, we went to the same school as, as everyone at Double Denim, but we're of a school of comedy. Um, I can unequivocally say if you like Auntie Donna and you haven't heard of Double Denim, you will like Double Denim. We come from the same school. We're the same genre. So, so do check it out. Um, if you've come to us for other reasons and you're like, oh, I, I like that Mission's Axe Leg was Amarama, but I hate Auntie Donna. That's um, weird. You won't like, that's, you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. That's weird, but like, That's that's weird. <laughs> that is that's weird. That's weird. You're weird. Unless it's because you're like the too many men, then yeah. you could watch double denim. But yeah. if that's the that would be the only acceptable like reason for not liking Auntie Donna but liking double denim because it's mm. the same silliness. Is that is and that if a fair thing? Are you happy for me to throw you under the bus as saying if you don't like Auntie Donna, you probably won't like Double Denim? Is that an okay yeah, thing to say? Unless, unless you don't like Auntie Donna but you like me because of my vagina, well, there's two of them. Two. We have two you full two, vaginas. Two full vaginas. Two full. They're full. Full of secrets. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough. Um <laughs> Thanks right, so that's much. That's enough. That's enough. Bye. No, um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Please leave us a review if you can and jump on onto our Instagram, which is at Mission Zach, or jump onto Michelle Brazier's Instagram, which is at Michelle Brazier. It's full of a good selfie. Um, it's great. Every now and then I post like a hot pic and then mm. like an undermining funny caption. You make me feel like it's okay you. when I post a thirst trap. You know, Every, when I see your thirst traps, I'm like, same. I've been. I mean, I've. I think I've gone down the selfie route with silly caption because of you as well, Michelle Brazier. It's great. It's good. It's good to remind people, casting agents, that you are actually hot, even though you're funny. So, (laughs) 
That's important. right. You all, the, first. all they need to the do is just need put it. that mm. camera up a little bit and they just can put pretend. it up. Just put I, it. We've all been, yeah. we're expanding in COVID. Just put it up. If There's I can an excellent fake my filter hotness, called Ren- oh, sorry. Sorry. Renegade. 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 There's an excellent filter called Renegade. All you need is a slight tilt up of your camera, right? Renegade filter. You're fucking banging. You got this. You too <laughs> can be as hot as Zach, Michelle, and I. I'm Maybe. not using the filter. I like my freckles. Yeah. They always yeah, no, disappear. Braz doesn't need a filter. I'm a... I've got perfect skin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you it's so joke, much. Mish Wittrip has perfect skin. Oh, hush. All right. Um, bye. 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 Love you all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.